0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Blister Cinematic on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out all the very many things that we are currently doing and reviewing, and actually all the very many things that we reviewed a hell of a long time ago, over at blisterreview.com. All right, it is 11 p.m. at night on January 8th. And I am here with the strikingly handsome Justin Bob. And this just, this feels right. This feels right with the world. It's a late night session talking about a few of what might be some of the best team snowboard edits of 2023. J Bob, this really is just kind of a late night hangout session. And I couldn't be happier about this. So thanks for joining me. Absolutely. I'm also pretty happy. We're going to have this
1: conversation, turn the edit around. I'm coming off a high from snowboarding today and like two feet of snow that we got down here in New Mexico. So, I mean, we could pull an all-nighter if you want.
0: <laughs> that that actually would be like the old days. We have fewer, fewer old-nighters these days, but um, we we both hit them from time
1: to time. Yeah, it's it's weird. I'm actually surprised I'm invited back on a podcast because I tried to derail the Gear 30 the other day by not <laughs> answering any of the questions. But all of a sudden, here we are a few in the course of two weeks. So I guess I get to stay
0: for a little while. You do. Um, before we get started here, tell me more about your day today. So you literally got to ride a couple feet of snow?
1: Yeah, it it was great. Um We've been having some problems with the road getting up to the ski area. It's been uh, not adequately plowed. So there's always a little bit of road carnage on the way up. But what we have here is this thing called Big T, which is a bit of a side country run where you can park at the bottom, pitch up to the Mm -hmm. ski area, ride the lifts up, and then snowboard through some aspens primarily all the way back down. And I parked my car. I was the only car in the lot. Got a ride up to the top pretty quick. And I got up there took the first run and I was like, I'm not going to make it down big. There's just not enough slope. There's too much snow. So it was one of those days yeah. where I was like, I guess I'm hitching down the road. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. It was kind of a free for all. It was one of those days where you'd get uh, some momentum on the steep parts and then have to kind of share tracks with other people to kind of leapfrog. Um, but it was mm-hmm. an- insane. Two feet of snow. Hmm. This one will set us up Going forward, pretty well. We have a few more storms coming in.
0: It was great. I'm glad you guys got hit. I miss Big T. You're really bringing me back. Um, I have very fond memories. Have a couple harrowing memories uh, from from past Big T days. Um, but anyway, i have mostly fond memories of it, and uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad you got. Well, I'm actually glad you made it through all the snow and didn't get stuck up there. Speaking of storms, open snow is now forecasting 40 inches of snow in Crested Butte dropping before January 16th. So that would be 40 inches of snow in the next eight days. Yeah. It was 31 inches. (laughs) Yeah, it was 31 inches two days ago and i just looked it up right now and that's been bumped up to 40 so that is phenomenal news for the summit that should put us in like a prime setup for for our blister summit uh but wow update to 40 inches in eight days so yeah that's an awesome forecast and
1: open snow has been very reliable in my experience and i love how they update Mm -hmm. it every day and they're pretty honest about you know, when the forecast changes, they're good at explaining why it changes and I'm I'm pretty into it. So
0: Hmm. let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about our work at hand here. We have been talking about sort of shining a light on some of the team edits, both in the ski world and in the snowboard world. And I gave you the task to not go find you know, the definitive top three edits of 2023 for the snowboard world, but to find three interesting team edits that would kind of just kick off the conversation. I think you've done a hell of a job here, J-Bob. Should we just dive into the first one? Do you want to talk a little bit right now about the three you chose? What do you want to do?
1: Yeah, I think we can dive right in. And yeah, I think you just kind of mentioned it's, you know, These were kind of chosen out of a a big pool of videos that came out this year in general. And the team edits are maybe the smaller category released this year. There's a lot of like athlete edits and a lot of um, just movies done by production companies. The team edits, some of them are a little bit marketing-based. Some of them are really short. These seem to stand out as kind of like the most complete Mm -hmm. edits and maybe holding some of the more interesting snowboarding and some of the more interesting takes on where the snowboard industry is today. So that's kind of a little background on why these were chosen. Hmm. Uh, There's so much out there. It's insane. Uh, I can't consume it all. So I I did my best.
0: Mm -hmm. And obviously people are welcome. And in fact, encouraged to DM us, email us, hit us up. Tell us if you think that there are some team edits that absolutely should be on our radar, um, because we definitely have not watched all of them, but I think that's actually kind of cool because I would say both in the snowboard world and in the ski world, there is so much stuff being put out, and some of it, I mean, in all of these things, it just goes without saying anymore. The riding is incredible, um, and we'll kind of then get into then, you know, what about three of these edits were maybe standout or particularly notable. So all that said, where should we start? All right. Well, let's start with the first one I saw this uh, season
1: as it got released and it's called Sequencer and it's the team edit for Quicksilver. And it's got a pretty stacked hmm. list of riders on it. Austin Sweeten, Red Gerard. This guy Miles Fallon, who's kind of a newcomer to the scene. He's young. I I think he's 20 years old, and he's got this real insane aggressive riding style. Really awesome street segment in here that's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. based in a lot of roots of snowboarding and some urban stuff. Um, Todd Richards, of course, legend. And they go all over the place. So this is a good one. It's stacked full of riders, it's about 28 minutes long. I like that you didn't even mention Travis Rice. Well, we'll get to Travis Rice there. That goes without saying
0: for the segment we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about. So, stack team and let's dive in. What were some of the standout or most notable elements of this team edit for you? So,
1: it's got the wide variety of snowboarding um, as another one of these edits we'll Mm -hmm. talk about has, but it's got some street segments, it's got backcountry booters, it's got Pillow lines, backcountry, so it's representing the wide range of snowboarding and the different kind of I don't know genres of it. Um, Some insane tricks. There were a few Mm -hmm. segments that stood out, and I spoke about Miles Fallon. He has a starting out as an urban Mm -hmm. segment, and he just approaches with a lot of speed, a lot of confidence. There's one segment in there where he's kind of doing like this half pipe thing out of these two water pipes. They're fairly yeah. close together. So he's like built little kickers onto this water pipe and doing grinds and a bunch of different <clears throat> board slides, 270s off, all kinds of cool stuff. But he's just got a really cool approach. There's one segment in here with Travis Rice and Austin Sweeten. And if anyone's familiar with Travis Rice, shocker, I'm sure everybody is, or at least they've seen pillow lines that he's put somewhere on the internet or yeah. in previous movies. They have the most insane pillow line segment. And I'd put it in one of the best segments overall for this year uh, to kind of give a quick description. They're going 4,000 vertical feet, one lap. There's no tricks going on. It's just top to bottom, pillow, 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 pillow. And they call this thing the Velvet Castle. And they have a pretty sweet drone shot at the Mm -hmm. beginning that kind of gives you good perspective and scale. And they get to the bottom. And I think one thing. They included in the video, which I appreciate, is how gassed they are at the bottom. And I think yeah. that's <laughs> an element of any of these sports that kind of gets underrepresented. And it's like the endurance component. And mm-hmm. like going top to bottom, riding lifts at any ski area without stopping is tiring and it takes endurance. And so these guys yeah. are like jumping off pillows the whole way down for like more than five minutes. They're just straight riding down. And so the other thing is you're, you're not much of a kayaker, but this kind of feeling can exist in other sports, mountain biking being one of them, but it's the concept of read and run and kayaking, especially like class five whitewater or something that's Mm -hmm. very much read and run where you got waves coming at you from the left, from the right. And your only choice is to kind of like take it as it comes. And that's what this. Pillow Mm -hmm. segment kind of reminded me of is like snowboarding in its pure form, top to bottom, going off pillows, read and run. Like they're Mm -hmm. going fast, they're going aggressive, and they're dropping off stuff they've never dropped off before. They're not really, I mean, I'm sure they've scoped their lines pretty well. I think Travis Rice has a pretty good skill in that regard that he's built up over time. But I mean, you can't pick every pillow. So endurance, read and run to the max. It was insane. Huh?
0: Yes. I love that you underscore that. I mean, one of my favorite things about Travis's run is, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll see a big line get ridden or skied. And then at the bottom, you know, the, the skier or rider is just cheering and like, hell yeah. Like Travis gets done, says nothing kind of rolls up on Austin And just falls over in the snow. There's no talking. There's no like, yeah, that was sick. And finally a couple seconds go by and (laughs) Travis just lets out like this little laugh. Like (laughs) that was so (laughs) mind blowing, but it's kind of great. And I think just speaks to your point that like, he's like that, that he emptied the tank. He emptied the tank on that one. And I think the other thing to say is The drone work really is remarkable around both Austin and Travis's run. But in particular for me, when that drone goes to basically a follow cam, that is actually some of just my favorite cinematography that I've seen in any ski or snowboard film in not just this year, but kind of recent, the last couple years, I think. It just beautifully beautifully shot. And you're just like, You're kind of there. You're seeing it. You're seeing it all brought together. And um, yeah, Yeah. fantastic. I love all the drone shots and just multiple
1: angles of certain lines in general, I think, is kind of a logistical accomplishment that should be worth mentioning for all these videos. It's a ton of coordinating to get these shots done and then edited. And it's really come a long way. I love it. What were your standout moments
0: for this video? you know i it was interesting. um I mean, lots of ski edits and snowboard edits, I'd say often have pretty interesting soundtracks. I just really enjoyed this particular soundtrack, and it's not that honestly, the first couple tracks I wasn't totally swept away by, and other people probably those would be their favorites of the whole film, but You know, you mentioned Miles' segment. That song by Lower Dens, I Get Nervous, I absolutely loved. And it is just, um, you know, I'm going to state, I guess, the obvious. When you click with the soundtrack of a given segment, it just has an amplifying effect, right? So Miles' stuff was so cool in its own right. But I happen to really dig that I get nervous track. And so add those things together and it it's not one plus one equals two. It's like one plus one equals five. You know, Um, the other particular track that stood out to me, because this is, as you well know, and sometimes lament J-Bob, this is not my kind of go to style of music, but the Man from Waco, the song, The Man from Waco by Charlie Crockett came on. And again, pretty unexpected given it represents quite a shift from some of the music that we've heard so far in the film. And it's kind of moving into borderline country. Again, not really my thing. But those lyrics, I was like, this, this is getting pretty Dylan-esque. And that very much is my thing. And I just really enjoyed that segment, too, because that wasn't dropping, you know, these 4,000 foot Gnar looking pillow lines. It was just deep pow surfing and riding very much like makes you want to be there. Just gorgeous. And that, you know, this is just one of those subjective things where it wasn't, you know, the coolest tricks of the of the of the edit. Um, it wasn't the gnarliest lines. It was just freaking cool. I like that they match
1: the style of riding with the pace of the music, and it's like we're going slower now. We're not as hmm. aggressive. We're just kind of taking our time, shooting through some trees, and I think that style of music is actually pretty pretty complimentary to it. Shout out to Charlie Crockett because he's he's kind of a country gateway guy. We'll we'll play you more, and maybe you'll learn about some new country artists that you
0: might like. So (laughs) country gateway guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm pretty, if, if that I looked, I looked him up after and it wasn't like, Oh, the man from Waco is the like one big hit of his. So I don't know. This brings me hope. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe it is, maybe this is my gateway, my gateway into country J Bob. Yeah. We can work on that. (laughs) <laughs> Another
1: standout moment from this movie is Red Gerard boosting off this kicker they built next to a cliff and just going insanely huge. And this was a spot that was circulated, social media and magazines, uh, different snowboard print of Red Gerard just going massive off this feature. And it's a pretty aesthetic feature. It's kind of like half cliff, half kicker. and lands a lot further than you would think when you're just kind of looking at it. So I think that's a, a nice moment of this movie. But yeah, I think the main thing with this movie is it's got quite a stack of riders, as we mentioned, and it's kind of classic in the sense of it's just really good snowboarding. It's a compilation of really good snowboarding with a good soundtrack, all different varieties of snowboarding. And I think it's a good representation of kind of the whole scene where we're at now.
0: Yeah, and my the last thing I would say is I wrote down the note, a sequencer makes you want to ride big lines and ride deep pow and just be in the mountains with your friends. That was my like summation of like what that what that edit kind of makes you want to do. And uh yeah. Yeah, that's my take. That's all pretty good stuff Love I it. think. All right. W- where do you want to go to next? I think next we
1: should go kind of not quite opposite, but a def- definitely a different take on a film. And it's called Neon Noir. And it's from Corua Shapes. And they're a company based in Germany. And they make kind of the volume shifted, Pow Surf style, free carver sort of genre of snowboards. And they've been on my radar a little bit, but I don't know much about them. Honestly, all the writers huh. in this movie I'd never heard of. But this is probably one of, like, if I were to pick out of these three which one to go watch again, I'd probably choose this huh. one every single time. And huh. it's filmed entirely in black and white, which is awesome because mm-hmm. the title is, like, Neon Noir. I love photography. I love black and white photography. I love black and white in films. I think it brought a really nice aesthetic. It's just, like, visually pleasing to watch this thing it's about 10 minutes long and it is highlighting probably the underrepresented side of snowboarding which is the free carving where you're just turning there's two tricks in this whole movie i identified there's one 360 and there's one hand plant that (laughs) takes like 10 seconds because it's in slow-mo and i'm like if you're gonna choose two tricks (laughs) to put in a movie one of them better be a fucking hand plant (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, this film I just wrote this edit is just absolutely oozing with style and that is both for the cinematography and for the writing and um, you know sequencer which is phenomenal and definitely has kind of its own aesthetic in the opening uh, you know the opening sequences of the film and the in the closing credits it's really well done it's really cool but there is something about overall the kind of the style of sequencer you know it is just showing from a from a from a cinematography point of view it is straightforward right yeah. um we're showing they're capturing incredible writing and and a number of different styles but but neon noir is also focused on the style of of what is being shot and how things are being shot. And in that sense, these two films we're talking about feel very, very different, very different from each other. And so I, you kind of open by saying it almost feels like going opposites. I think that's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah. It seems like neon noir was coming from a more thoughtful place of like, we're gonna compile some art here and just the way they, I mean, this also has a really amazing soundtrack and the way they edit in the you know, popping out of like a high-speed carve right when a drum kicks or something like that. It's the mm. detail on the edit is insane. It must have taken a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Um, they also use some drones. Yeah, my, it's, I, I did not blink for a second. It's like that attention span rule, like I was full attention the whole time.
0: There is something about just capturing the the beauty, the art, of, I mean, you've already the key word for this 11 minute edit is carving and whether that's carving hard pack, whether that's carving powder. And if someone just wanted to see, like, why do you why do you like this sport? What is it about it? There is. Um, it's kind of like the it's it's I want to be careful. I was about to say it's accessible, but it's like the platonic ideal of the most elemental notion of being on a board, right? Which is like that turn, that carve. And it's so beautifully depicted. Um, If you wanted to show, you know, if aliens came down and you wanted to show them sort of pinnacle moments of what a human can do on a snowboard, you might want to show them some of the stuff out of sequencer. But if you wanted aliens to understand the beauty of why people are into this, you might want to show them neon noir. Yeah, I think it would get anyone
1: pretty excited about snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another movie from Nidecker that is not really a team edit, but kind of fits this category, and it's called Left Right, and it's kind hmm. of focused all about turning um, worth a watch.
0: Wait, was that a 2023? Yeah. Okay, and we we struggled with this a bit, the kind of like... These, these boundaries blur a little bit with like, what is a team edit versus, I don't know, a bit more of an individual edit since a lot of individual quote unquote individual edits do have a few skiers or riders in them. Um, and so what would you classify left, right
1: as it would be more of like a information piece documentary
0: style film? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did want to call out one specific track since I was talking about music and sequencer in Neon Noir, my favorite track in there uh, by Aviv. This song, I think you pronounce it Contrafaçon, just, I don't know, good track. That was one I had to stop, get it on the Spotify playlist a couple times. And uh, so it's always cool to like be watching this great flick. And be grabbing music for later dates as well. So thank you to Karua Shapes for that. Yeah, it was
1: a good one. There was a segment in there where they're loading up. It's snowing. I think they're in Japan at this point and they have the headlamps on and they go night shredding. And I like that because ever since I've had kids, I do a lot of my snowboarding at night uh, because that's (laughs) when I have time. So I go up to the ski area and take the dog and. Uh, oftentimes I don't even need the headlamp, honestly, because it's bright enough with the stars huh. and, uh, huh. snow cats driving around, but nighttime huh. is a great time. Go make
0: some turns. <laughs> Just a reminder, public service announcement. That's right. Are we ready to go to your third choice? Sure. Let's jump into it. How do you want to set this one up? If Neon Noir was kind of the opposite of Sequencer... How do you how do you talk about
1: our next film? So this one also comes from an outerwear company. It's Volcom And they have kind of historically had a stack team as well and put out a lot of content. This one is called New Fangled Phenomenons, and it's the Volcom short film team edit. And this one is kind of similar to Sequencer and like it's a display of modern snowboarding, where it is, it covers all the genres. We have street segments in there. We have one segment where they're getting like towed into a rail, where there's like not a lot of snow around it by a dirt bike, and I feel like yep. that's a pretty classic snowboard thing to do. The the homey toe in, <laughs> where you get your buddies to like arm sling you, or a uh, dirt bike apparently works well also. But then you know pillow lines. Big backcountry booters. Uh, this one has a little more inner mixing of like cartoons and mm-hmm. what I would kind of describe as like dire straits, um, money for nothing style of cartoons. It's kind of like got this vintage vibe that I think Luke Coppa would be into with his new uh <laughs> camcorder, camcorder aesthetic. Yeah. Camcorder thing. So I like that it kind of feels like an old snowboard movie in a lot of ways, but with new snowboarding. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of maintained a lot of the characteristics that have kind of kept these films going and what they're kind of based on in the first place, but without it being too repetitive and feeling too Mm -hmm. redundant. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: And definitely the trippiest. I mean, Neon Noir has, especially its opening moments is about as trippy as that film gets but yeah newfangled phenomenon keeps the trippiness rolling throughout yeah it really does and there's
1: kind of a cool thing about this film in that we have brian aguchi who's legend and yeah. he'd kind of be representing one end of this generational spectrum and now we're starting to see like offspring of professional snowboarders on the Volcom team. Being new, young professional snowboarders. So, mm. Estelle Pensiero, who is Jeff Pensiero's daughter, uh, Jeff Pensiero of Baldface Lodge. And we have Juliet Pelchat, JF Pelchat of Now Bindings. His daughter is in this. And I think it's awesome mm. representation for female snowboarders and the next generation. Mm. And how cool is that? The offspring cool of pro snowboarders, being pro snowboarders and doing it well, doing it right.
0: I have to also confess that one of my absolute favorite moments of this edit is the dude in the Volcom logo costume who's just standing there cheering on uh, his homies, you know, as they're doing their stuff. Uh, I enjoyed that, I think, way more than I should have, <laughs> but it was pretty great. And I, <laughs> I think we should get the Volcom logo guy on an episode of Blister Cinematic or something.
1: Yeah, just the Stoker. He's like the Rail Jam Stoker. The Stoker. Um,
0: yeah. That was, I think... And they're like hugging him, hugging the Volcom logo person. I think it's a guy. I don't know if it's actually a guy or a girl, but I. it was great.
1: Yeah, that was, I think, in that same dirt bike toe-in segment.
0: Yep. Um, yep, it's a great segment.
1: There were a few moments in this film where they're, I don't know if they're directly kind of drawing this or indirectly, but there's a lot of like, Snowboarding without much snow. And it seems mm-hmm. like they almost like color graded to bring the green hop yeah. out. And there's one segment mm-hmm. where there's like very little snow, but there's like very green forest in the background. And it seemed to come up a few times. There was this weird cartoon mm-hmm. with like what seemed like oil rain. Um so I don't know if they're kind of hmm. hinting at climate change and snow and getting creative with snowboarding in a world where we might not have as much snow um Hmm. but then again it's just like could be fun cartoons and cool aesthetic and not much to it i don't know i haven't talked to the people involved in this film but Hmm.
0: i guess that's what's cool about these is open to interpretation so i had said for me sequencer kind of first and foremost makes you want to ride big lines and ride deep pow and just be in the mountains with your friends i said that neon noir makes you want to carve whether that's carving hard pack or pow how would you sum up the kind of i don't know sense you're left with from newfangled newfangled makes me want to just go
1: snowboarding with friends period and I think just period they d- any kind anytime anywhere. I think they really showed that it's all about having a group and all about being creative with what you have. Hmm. There's a lot of good hmm. spot selection here. You know, snowboarders like to talk about their spots, the street spots, and there's a good community vibe to this film. It makes me want to go just like mm-hmm. hike the park, which I don't do ever anymore cuz i'm getting older and
0: things hurt more but i kind of want to go mm-hmm. hike a park huh hang out i, I think <laughs> i think you I think you kind of nailed that because sequencer and neon noir are kind of they are optimal conditions films right i mean they you know neon noir like they are there's a few moments where they are carving resort groomers hard pack but it's so stylized and kind of perfect looking and the carving is so beautiful that nothing about it looks kind of suboptimal. Whereas the Volcom edit, as you just said, is like anything, anywhere, you know, almost no snow, like literally no snow other than, you know, slapping a little snow on a landing off of a rail. Um, so that kind of is our. Uh, yeah, let's do, let's go ride anytime, anywhere, regardless of conditions whatsoever. Look at that. I feel like we've done a nice job with these, like laying out these three edits. Actually, I am not taking any credit for this. you you chose these. Um, and I think you chose an interesting sort of triptych here.
1: Yeah, I like it. I think it represents, you know, all three of them together kind of represents where snowboarding is now and honestly where it's been, because in a lot of ways it hasn't changed that much. Um, the hmm. tricks have gotten better. The filming has gotten much better and a lot yeah. more complicated. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And yeah. I, d- I do like the thinking about logistics and all the hard work that goes into making these movies and edits. Um, but snowboarding is in a good place right now. And I mean, just like the list of writers for all these is pretty
0: insane. Any other edits? As you were kind of doing your research for this, um, anything that kind of deserved honorable mention or that we should encourage people to also be sure to check out?
1: Yeah, um, there's one called Casino from Beyond Metals, another outerwear Hmm. company. Surprise, surprise. Hmm. Um, And then Ride (laughs) Snowboards has one that came out called Rated R, um, which is also worth a watch. It's pretty urban heavy, pretty street heavy, which was reminiscent of you know snowboarding films in years prior, um, kind of a collection of different urban spots with music. I think it felt maybe a little too familiar where I started mm-hmm. losing a little bit of interest, didn't seem to stand out and differentiate itself from some of the other films in the past, like these other three mm-hmm. that we chose did. So, so many out there, like we said earlier, there's so much content out there. It's all... Post it in different spots. It's honestly sometimes kind of hard to find and come across. It. It's so much. You could spend weeks watching all this stuff.
0: Well, dude, I think you've given us a nice place to start. And as we said at the top, people should hit us up. Uh, DM us, send us an email, reach out. But if there's other things that you think definitely deserve to be on the list with the ones we've talked about here, let us know. And... um Yeah, once again, um, you know, mostly we wanted to do this kind of just as a celebration. I think, as you've said, um, there's so much talent out there, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. It really just kind of speaks to the fact that we are sort of in this embarrassment of riches when it comes to all of that talent, again, um, in front of the camera and behind the camera. And that's pretty cool and so uh shout out to all the teams out there the team managers the riders the filmmakers that are getting all of this done and putting it out there and and by the way we are going to do this um, kind of a a similar episode on the ski side of things and i've already talked to sander hadley about coming on that episode to sort through some of the notable team edits on the ski side of things. And, you know, Sanders still putting those out there. He was a part of a team edit and Sanders is going to come on and share some of his thought about what some of the ingredients are to making a successful team edit and maybe some of the things that can factor into a team edit, not quite getting there. So that's going to be coming down the pike uh, probably next week or the week after. and yeah. Time to shine a light on the you know other side of things, J-Bob. Love it. I love it. Well, hey, man. Um, midnight's approaching. Are you going to go ride tonight or is this an off night for you? This is an off night. I think I'm going to go edit this podcast. Um,
1: <laughs> wake up, maybe take the dog for a walk, but that's probably my next few hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we all are. We all are very grateful that you're going to go uh, turn around and edit this thing. So, um, hey, man! As always, really fun to talk about this stuff with you. And um, countdown is on. Uh, you will be in Crested Butte for the Blister Summit that kicks off February 4th. Once again, you will be sleeping on my deck. I will make sure that no one has claimed your spot, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And we can also say um, Red Gerard is going to be like the natural selection is happening during the Blister Summit. So Red, who we were talking about, is going to be probably making an appearance at the Summit, maybe is showing up on a Summit panel session. Austin Sweeten, who we were talking about, he's going to be around. Jamie Anderson, Emma Crosby, um, T-Bird. Uh, T-Bird's going to be at the summit, so um, some of the folks we were just kind of mentioning uh, will be around. Uh, we know that is true, and you're going to be around. So, like, what could be better? I am so excited. It
1: always snows for the summit. 40 inches. I'll, I'll shovel your, your entryway and, and deck when I get there, because I don't think you're doing it, but that's alright.
0: I'm definitely... I'm definitely not, but I have a broken arm right now. So I have an excuse this year, unlike all the other years when I just don't do it. I see. Yep. You do have an excuse. All right. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. Um, Hey, man, I'll let you go. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you for uh, the edit work you're about to do. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon, man. Sounds great. All right. Bye.